welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford and Woking in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. Thanks, Glenda. Thanks, worship team. Let's have a seat, everybody. I wasn't sure what I wanted to preach on today. It's summer Sundays, and so kind of we can take it wherever we want to when it's our assigned Sunday. And, and last Sunday, um, Peter was leading worship, and he had us recite Psalm 84. And, and at the moment as he was reciting, it's actually my favorite psalm. I love it. And uh, it just kind of hit my heart and thought, okay, we're going to talk about that just for a little bit. First, I just want to share a little story. I grew up in, in guiding. You have, you have scouts here and guides in the UK. So I was a brownie. You know, I was really cute in a little brown outfit and knew all the songs and played all the games. And, and then as I grew up, I was in girl guides, and I was a really competitive girl guide. I would look to see um, how many badges all the other girls had. And I would get more. <laughs> I wanted all the badges, and, and I still have this blanket, right? We get these camping blankets full of badges. It's tucked away somewhere at my parents' house, I think. And I had aspirations because as you grew up in guiding, eventually you got to do these trips. You could represent your, your unit in these international gatherings together. And, and I, I just thought that would be great. I, so my heart was set on it. I just, I just thought, I just really want to go. I, I love all the local guiding stuff. I liked all the camping and all the things that we did. But I really want to go somewhere else. I want to go somewhere overseas. And so I, you know, I looked it all up and I researched it. And I, you had to apply for it. You didn't just get to go. They, you, you had to write an essay and do all of this stuff and try and describe why you were the right guide to go. <laughs> so I did my essay. I sent it in. I prayed my very best prayers and I got the letter back and found out that I was the first runner-up yeah you, you, you can be disappointed with me oh <laughs> I didn't get to go I was so disappointed I had my heart set on it and and you know what I did I ditched guiding altogether I thought you don't want me for your international trip well I'm done with you <laughs> I just walked away from it all a lifetime. I'd been in guiding for about 10 years, and, and uh, my heart was set, and I was disappointed. So my question to us this morning is, what, what's your heart set on? What is your heart set on today? Maybe your heart is set on the cute boy one row back and, and a pew over. Don't look around, but... <laughs> Maybe your heart was set on a certain result from your A-levels. Maybe your heart was set on getting into Cambridge because your dad got into Cambridge and your dad's dad got into Cambridge. Maybe your heart is set on being on the worship team with excellent tone and wonderful guitar riffs. <laughs> Maybe your heart's set on that. Maybe your heart is set on losing that last stone. <laughs> or five pounds, or however you measure it here. What's your heart set on? Think about it just for a second. What's my heart set on today? What is my heart set on? 
The psalmist says, blessed is the one whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Another translation says, um, their hearts are the highways to Zion. Isn't that beautiful? Your hearts are the highways to Zion. And, and pilgrimage is a, is a spiritual journey. It was, it was a normal part of everyday life for Hebrews, for the Jews in the Old Testament. From time to time, they would go up to Jerusalem. And they would go up the mountain of the Lord to, to meet with him. They would go to the place of God's dwelling. In the time of the psalmist, that was, was the tabernacle. They would, they would go and they would offer up songs and they'd offer up sacrifices. Their hearts were set on pilgrimage. They wanted to meet Jesus. God was the focus of their attention. And God was the object of their affection. Their hearts were set on pilgrimage. The, the next slide, I, I had the privilege a number of years ago. I did get to travel eventually. In fact, I travel quite a lot now. Uh, but this was about eight years ago. I think this was Capernaum or some other Tiberias or, or some um, community in Israel. I got to go to Israel with a number of friends. We went on a prayer journey and to lots of really wonderful places. And, and uh, I was exploring the Holy Land. Finally got to explore the Holy Land. But I was looking for Jesus. I would walk by the Sea of Galilee. It's fantastic. I took off my shoes and I, you know, I put my feet in the sand and, and my toes in the water. And I thought, he's been here. He was on this beach 2,000 years ago. <laughs> he made a fire. So I walked the Sea of Galilee. But my heart was set on pilgrimage. I was looking for Jesus. And, uh, oh gosh, where else did I go? Went to so many places. Oh, I got to the Mountain of Beatitudes. It was just a hill, actually. They should probably just call it like the Hill of the Beatitudes. <laughs> it was a nice hill, but it was just a hill. And I went and stood on the Mountain of Beatitudes. You could actually look over the Sea of, of Galilee. And I thought, ah, oh, he was here. This is where he preached. This is where he would teach the disciples. So, you know, my heart was set on pilgrimage. And then, of course, um, I got to Jerusalem. My heart was the highway to Zion, and I went up, up, up to the holy city. And I remember this moment. Our tour guide was taking us through. I, I asked another friend of mine, I said, what's your favorite part of Jerusalem? And they said, well, the, the wailing wall where people go and pray, and they, there's this big wall. It was part of a, the temple, and people would write down their prayers on little sheets of paper and squish it in the, in the cracks in the rocks, and they would leave their prayers there. But that wasn't my favorite spot. My favorite spot was underneath. They had done some archaeological digging, and there was this underground passageway on the Temple Mount. And what was exciting for me about that passageway, because... Um, I mean, 2,000 years is a long time, right? You guys know that's a long time. And ground gets built up. So actual level ground in Jerusalem is not the ground that Jesus would have walked on. The ground that he would have walked on was, was quite a way below, underneath. And in this passageway, our tour guide said, this actually is the cobblestone. This is where he would have walked. And I was like, oh. I, wanted, I was with a group of people, and I really wanted them to just go away and move ahead because what I really wanted to do, this may sound cheesy, I apologize. I really wanted to, to kneel down and just put my face 
on the stone. And my heart was so moved. Like I could touch something that has actually touched his foot. It's just miraculous thinking about it. So my heart was set on pilgrimage. I was exploring the Holy Land, but I was looking for Jesus. And I found him in some beautiful ways. So blessed is the one, blessed is the man, blessed is the woman whose heart is set on pilgrimage, whose heart is the highway to Zion. So like it or not, we're all on a journey. Some of us are on a journey into the early years of parenthood, right? <laughs> Some of us are, are heading off on a journey to, to uni, like Exeter University and, and other places. There. We're going on a journey. We're leaving town and going to go to school. Some of us are setting out on the path to a new career, to a, a new job. So Ollie here who is playing guitar. Anybody like his guitar playing? Where is he? Is he here? He's, he's just new. Welcome. We like you. Anyway, he's, <laughs> he and his family have just moved to Guilford, right? They've gone on pilgrimage. They're strangers in a strange land. Hopefully we'll be good to you. And, uh, we're all on a journey. So here's my question. As you're on whatever journey you're on, are you a pilgrim or are you a tourist? Here's the next. There we go. <laughs> Am I a pilgrim? Or am I a tourist? You actually really can't tell from the outside. I mean, obviously, these guys, you can. But <laughs> when I was going through Jerusalem, if you were to look at me, you would have not been able to see from the outside if I was a pilgrim or if I was a tourist. Because I did a lot of the same things that tourists did. We ate falafels. We had lots and lots of falafels. We, we, you know, there's like gajillion kinds of falafels in Jerusalem. Who knew? So we had to try them all. And we tried the Lebanese ones, and then, anyway, there were lots and lots of falafels. You could even go to McDonald's and get McFalafel. So, anyway, so we looked a little bit like tourists. We, we visited the same locations that a lot of tourists did. And, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a tourist. How many of us went on leave and went on a holiday, right? Good wine, good friends, maybe a little swimming. And uh, there's nothing wrong with being a tourist, but what could happen if we add the dimension of being a pilgrim? What could happen if we set as, as the center of our attention and as the object of our affection, Jesus? In the middle of whatever journey we're on, the journey in young parenthood, the journey off to university, the journey into a, a new career, what if we were not a tourist, but a pilgrim. Let's go to the next slide, Psalm 84, 5 to 7. Let's read it together, shall we? Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. The Valley of Baca is mentioned in the scriptures only once. And in most translations, Baca is rendered as weeping. 
it probably was a literal place close to Jerusalem. And so pilgrims who were, who were coming down and coming through to go up towards Zion would have gone through the valley of Baca. How many of us on pilgrimage have gone through a place of weeping? Anybody besides me? I had a, a friend visit from Canada last week. We spent the, the weekend. She came here on the Sunday. They loved being with you, by the way. Thank you for being nice to my friends. I'll bring more. And, um, but we spent the afternoon. We've got two couches in our living room, and she lay down on one, and I lay down on the other. And we talked about what's happened back at home in Canada in the year that I've been away. And we found ourselves talking about a mutual friend of ours, 38, who was struck down by cancer. And we cried together. And, and we talked about other friends who uh, have been trying to get pregnant. And, and just one miscarriage after another. And they're in the place of weeping. We talked about other friends of ours who, who, um, whose marriages were just falling to bits. It was just, we, we were hoping to encourage each other, but we were both just laying there on the couch going, oh, life. Life, we, she said that. She said, oh, life. And then she said, but Jesus. But Jesus. And I realized that she and I, we've sort of lost our youthful naivety and our, our idealistic enthusiasm, thinking that everything is going to be peachy and lovely and wonderful all the time. <laughs> we both bear the scars and have many friends who have. And Jesus did say in this world... In this valley of Baca, this place of weeping, you would have trouble. And so we need to make sure that we hold the tension of the kingdom of God. God rules and reigns, and he is great. But on the way to Zion, there is a valley of weeping. And so I think the, the thing I love about this passage, it, I found it perplexing at first. Because I thought, I thought they read it wrong. When I first read it, it says... Um, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they, everybody say they, make it a place of springs. I'm like, no, 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 that's wrong. It should be, as they pass through the valley of Baca, God makes it a place of springs. But that's not what the psalmist says. The psalmist says that they make it a place of springs. Let's go to the next slide. I'm going to show you a spring. This was a wonderful place. Um, this is En Gedi. This was David's stronghold. And we were out in the desert, and everything was like brown and dry, dry, lots of rock, lots of dust. And all of a sudden, there was just going up the side of this hill, this, this swath of green, and, and there was a spring. And you went up. Um, you just climbed up and up and up, and there were these pools at, at the various heights. It was fantastic. It was just beautiful. We make it a place of springs. And I, and I think the key to this is, is what we saw in the first part of the passage. Blessed are those whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. We make it a place of springs. We make it a place of springs. And we go from strength to strength until we appear before God in Zion. I think this is the invitation to participation. 
It's the invitation to participation. God is at work in this broken world. God is at work in Woking and in Guilford and in the Belfields Estate and Park Barn, making all things new in these places of weeping. And he invites us to partner with him. And so we're on the journey. We go down into our own personal valleys, but we also go into the valleys of others. We go into other people's stories, other people's place of weeping. We have the opportunity, we have the invitation from the Lord to reach out to lonely latchkey kids in this town who are at home and they're sexting their friends online. We have the opportunity to step into the valley of single moms who are just scrabbling to survive. For to step into the valley with addicts who are sitting in the doorsteps on, on North Street covered with bed bug bites and, and addicts in boardrooms in Armani suits with little packets of cocaine in their pockets. We have the invitation to go down into the valley. We have the invitation to go down into the valley with mums in the schoolyard whose marriages are in shambles. We have the invitation to go down into the valley with kids who are just unbelievably stressed about their GSEs and their A-levels. We have the opportunity to step down in the valley with international students who are feeling culturally dislocated and disoriented on the campus. We've got opportunity to step into the valley with senior citizens in our town who were trapped behind massive garden hedges Lonely and alone. The invitation is to come down into the valley and to make it a place of streams. Because if we're coming down into the valley with our hearts set on pilgrimage, who's the focus of our attention? Come on, you guys. Who's the focus of our attention? There we go. It's like Sunday school, right? Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> Who's the object of our affection? Jesus. So if we, we're not tourists, we're not going through life merely as tourists. I mean, we're, God, don't get me wrong. God has given us all things to richly enjoy within, you know, biblical bounds. But, um, and so enjoying life is good. But we've been invited to step into pilgrimage, to look for Christ, to see where he is in the valley, your own valley of weeping, your, your friends' valleys of weeping, your neighbors' valleys of weeping, the strangers' valley of weeping. And the invitation to participation then is, okay, we, we, everybody say we. Look at somebody beside you and say we. <laughs> we will make it a place of springs. I think I'm just going to finish there. I've got more, but, but I think that's good for now. Um, I don't think we'll go to the next slides, but I just want to just invite us into a moment or two of reflection. So I know we did some silence last week, and I don't know about you, but actually, um, I loved Eric's talk. If you've not listened to Eric's talk about solitude and silence last week, please listen to it. But I found myself standing in line at the grocery store, and I would pull out my phone, and I wait, no, Eric said not to. <laughs> I put it back away. <laughs> I actually stand in the line just 
Forget about Jesus. I'm trying to be attentive to the moment. But let's, let's just consider this for a moment. Close your eyes, if you will. You don't have to, but. What journey am I on right now? What's the landscape of my journey, the journey of my family? What does it look like? What does it feel like? Does it feel like an upward journey or a downward journey? (laughs) I invite you to ask yourself the question, am I traveling as a tourist? Or am I traveling as a pilgrim? And even in the quiet of the moment, I invite you to ask the question, Jesus, where are you in my journey? God, I long for my heart to be the highway to Zion. God, I hold before you my own personal valley of Baca, my own place of weeping. And God, I thank you for your spirit that lives within me. And I thank you that you promise in your word that out of the depths of my being, streams of living water will come forth. Holy Spirit, I just invite you right now. Come and fill us afresh. Spirit of the living God, come and make our valley, come and help us to make our valley a place of streams. And God, grant us the courage to follow you into the low places, to bring life-giving streams to other valley dwellers. And Lord, as we step into the fall as a congregation, as a people of God on a journey together, we set our hearts on pilgrimage. We as Emmaus Road, the Emmaus Road family, we set our hearts on pilgrimage. Jesus, you are the center of our attention. You are the object of our affection. And we're trusting that we, as a community, will be stream makers and that we will go from strength to strength to strength to strength until we appear before you.
Amen and amen. Thank you, everybody. There may be some of you who are just really feeling how low your own valley of weeping is right now. And uh, uh, there's probably some of us here who, who could come and pray with you uh, around that if you wish. Um, but I think, we're, I think we're at an overtime. So I'd encourage you, go get your kids. Um, I could really tell there was a lot of fellowship going on in, the, in people chatting with each other at the beginning of the service, and you were really enjoying being together. Please continue to enjoy being together as you go and, and uh, enjoy your conversation with each other. And, um, yeah, so be blessed. Have a good week, and we'll see you next Sunday. All right? Amen and amen.